Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, I'm Megan Gray and you're listening to the Vocal Girls podcast. This is a very special episode as it's part of the Come Back Better initiative, which was launched by the Windmill in Brixton and Doc Martins in support of artists of marginalised genders trying to break into the music industry. I am the editor and founder of Vocal Girls, which is a music content platform dedicated to championing female, non-binary and LGBTQ plus artists. And we do this through content and coverage. So we have a radio show on Islington Radio fortnightly. We have a podcast series and we have a team of volunteers that create written articles on the site, platforming and promoting those artists to help kind of diversify the industry and make noise about the people that deserve to be heard. Come Back Better ran throughout several weeks in June and supported artists of marginalised genders in areas such as their photography, their artwork and production. And there was also networking sessions and workshops hosted and it all kind of came together in this live gig at Brixton Windmill at the end of June where Goat Girl played and they also picked a support band which was also part of the initiative called Head Boy and they are a brand new band and it was their first ever gig and they just absolutely smashed it. It was so exciting to see live music finally after all this time. And before the gig, I actually hosted a live Q&A with Goat Girl on stage and we talked about the issues kind of faced within the music industry of being from marginalised gender, both behind the scenes and on stage and it's important to acknowledge that you know that we are speaking from a position of privilege despite being from marginalized gender kind of issues at hand get worse when faced with other forms of discrimination such as against race disability gender identity and sexuality i felt like the conversation and the evening was a really really great start in terms of coming back to the music industry better and hoping to see this kind of positive change. So I will stop blabbing on now and I will hand over to the wonderful Goat Girl live from Brixton Windmill. Enjoy. I'm Holly. I'm Lottie. I'm Ellie. I'm Rosie. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously throughout the whole of last year we saw unfortunately the very near closure of venues like the Windmill and other really amazing independent venues. And it's kind of stating the obvious to say that they're so fundamental in terms of supporting new artists breaking into the industry. As a band that are kind of born out of the Windmill and nurtured by the Windmill, why do you think this venue is so special and so fundamental for artists trying to break through into the industry? Um, Well, I remember my first time coming here or one of my first times, and I think I came on my own. And like I met Holly in the garden, 
who's um, a photographer that we've known for years. <laughs> she's, there. She's, <laughs> she's actually there. She did all of like the photography for this project. And that's actually where we met for the first time. And she's obviously been like a massive part of our journey as a band. Um, so just like something as simple and small as that of like just mm. finding like-minded people who you can then like build a relationship with over time, I feel yeah. is really valuable. Yeah, and you feel like it was an accessible place to be able to come to on your own. And yeah, people. for sure. I mean, I was like quite scared because it was like the first time that I ever did something like that on my own. I think I was probably like 18, and like, yeah, obviously, like when you're that young and coming to a venue as like a woman or a marginalized yeah. gender can be scary. So then, yeah, it's even more important. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not from London either, and I started coming here because I really liked the events that they were putting on and I think um, Tim and how much effort he puts into like curating his lineups and stuff is like quite a massive part of what makes this venue so special and you know since I've been coming here I've seen so many like amazing bands and met so many people and like including these guys as well I don't think um, probably wouldn't be like I probably wouldn't even have joined this band if it wasn't for the windmill in a sense that's where we first kind of like cross paths with each other and mm. stuff like that so it's just a really good place to come and, and meet people and see really good music yeah I think like when we were first starting out um, the only real kind of live opportunities we were given was like open mics and stuff so you know we were paying like New Cross Inn or like random places across London and there's some that you have to like pay to play and it's, it all gets a bit weird. And then you come in here and it's like this really accessible space. Like, I don't know, it's even like a, in the physical sense of it being like a stage that's like not that high up and feeling like very like immersed within the crowd. And like, there isn't that like set barrier that I wasn't really used to seeing. You know, I was like, before coming to gigs here, I'd be going to like, you know, like those like gigs that you'd go to like Shepherd's Coco. Bush or like Coco yeah. you know like paying a tip for a ticket and then going and then like not really like having a sort of sociable time unless you like go with friends for example like you don't really like go there to meet people and I feel like that's what this space really offers is that opportunity to like actually connect with everyone in the space um, and yeah I don't know mm. <laughs> do you think the kind of um, the community feel between the artist and the audience helps that kind of sense of accessibility for someone watching and thinking, oh, I could do this as an artist, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, that was, like, one of the first gigs I came to here. It was, like, I can't even remember what it was, but, it, you know, it's, like, watching the artist on stage, but then, like, speaking to them in the smoking area and not feeling like there's this like hierarchy mm -hmm. which I think is quite important to abolish is that sense of hierarchy within like the creative arts in general because I don't think that's what it should be fronting it should be fronting like you know being able to be involved in whatever way capacity yeah. you can be like you know. and obviously we're kind of coming back to the live music industry now and this whole initiative is about us coming back better to it because we know unfortunately there's you know, a severe lack of diversity in the industry, both behind the scenes and on stage. Obviously, unfortunately, a lot of the music industry has kind of, in my opinion, make, made a conscious decision not to come back better. And we've seen, you know, uh, a clear lack of diversity on festival lineups from like major players in the industry. Um, for me, this is like a significant 
uh, fall back in the music industry as to why things aren't changing because I think you know when people go to festivals a lot of young people go to festivals and see themselves represented on stage and then think I could do that what why do you think there is this kind of extreme resistance from major players to resist change um, I think because that's just, I don't know that's what our world is under capitalism and with the patriarchy like that's just going to keep on going while those like systems are still in place mm. I don't know just need to abolish it all <laughs> and then there's lots of like things like I don't know there's lots of movements like little movements that I feel can be done but I don't really I'm not going to look to some like old white man who books festivals to like make the change like mm-hmm. it's always going to be sort of tokenistic in a way because they're just that's I don't know they have their interests. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, like if, yeah. it's just grassroots things, I think, can really mm-hmm. make a difference. Like, if a, a festival, for example, isn't actually, like, fronting those principles, it kind of does inevitably... Maybe I'm wrong in thinking this, but feel tokenistic, you know? Yeah. Like, if they're like, we've got 50%, blah, 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 it's like... And then it's also very binary, and it's very, like, yeah. problematic in that sense, and it doesn't feel like they're doing it because mm. they want to it feels like they're doing it because yeah. they know they have to because that's also like a profitable thing for them yeah. and I feel like you know festivals like starting from the ground up like Brainchild for example it's like a really interesting festival because it's basically started from nothing and has grown into this really beautiful diverse festival that's like filled with so much different kind of music and arts and you know so many different people involved of it and I feel like once when you start with those principles, they will inevitably kind of like flow throughout the whole project. Um, and I can't imagine something like as big as Glastonbury or Reading like getting there anytime soon. But maybe maybe they will. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought about it quite a lot as well. And just in terms of like, I think there's a lot of sort of laziness, and I think there's a lot of excuses in terms of like oh, we have to book these bands to sell tickets. But that's just something that I don't personally agree with. Like specifically like a festival like Glastonbury will always sell out in advance like before the lineups even announced and I think that's just like quite a special opportunity they do have and obviously Glastonbury do book like lots of different things but I think festivals in general are so popular people love going to them so much that they actually have an opportunity to like diversify their lineups and kind of champion new music and relevant music as well because you know a lot of the time these bands that are headlining have played time and time again they continue to just keep going you know making loads of money each year and I think I was thinking about ways in which that could change um, because it feels like the bookers don't really want to do that like necessarily off their own back and I was thinking about how if these sort of like big rock bands like cis men headliners kind of maybe they could use their influence uh, to kind of diversify like the lineup beneath them as well because you know maybe they could sort of acknowledge that the festival lineup is just really sort of not diverse and that they've been profiting off of that for a long time and it's not through like lack of talent it's not through like lack of um artists that are like from marginalized genders and like different walks of life um so i think maybe that's one one thing that people should consider as well yeah i feel like it's also a thing of equality of opportunity like we're saying with genders they also comes down to like sexuality race um like ability class it's so much broader and I feel like if you're addressing one of these marginalized groups of people it's kind of we're talking about the same thing we're basically talking about not being 
a straight white cisgender man and being affected in a negative way by like them basically running the world like it's as simple as that and like yeah so if if like people could just see that and then not pat themselves on the back when there's like equality which should be baseline that shouldn't be something mm. that's like applauded that should be like a level that is always maintained and not seen as like revolutionary mm. I feel in relation to what you were saying as well Holly I found like I read lots of stuff about the same as you said the same kind of bands consistently headlining over and over again and and that's something I've thought would be you know such a powerful solution in the sense of them all coming together and being like well, we're not going to play these festivals we're just not going to take any festival deals until there's more diversity on the lineups and the kind of power of that like what do you think is the importance of having cis male allies I think it's important for them to yeah use their power and um, yeah to go with it and there is like such power in that as well like I don't know do you know the band Bob Villain no. um, they're this really good band kind of like quite hardcore but like very political but they were playing this festival and um what's that band called again diane wood were on the lineup as well and they basically all of the people that were doing that same stage said well we're not going to play if they're playing because of their like, no, history of racism mm. and like sexism and just being weird and they all like came together and managed to like get them off of the lineup which I think is just like, and if they can do it, like not really well-known band, like literally all of these yeah. really powerful, really rich people could actually do something. Yeah, and then the festivals would just have to change, they'd be forced to. Yeah. Obviously there's so many subsections of the industry which we talked about earlier, you know, behind the scenes, on stage, um, and kind of before we discuss ways forward and touch more on that, um, obviously we're all talking from, you know, a position of privilege here already, but in terms of have you had any kind of negative experiences of discrimination as artists since you started? Well, yeah, like starting out, I guess we could touch on sexual harassment which I feel like we've all encountered in like a gig space um, in like quite overt ways as well, like yeah. not subtle. And this has been like time and time again, like not taken very seriously. Like I was at the Moth Club one time and this guy like grabbed me, like he was like in front of me and like grabbed me from the front and like grabbed my ass. And like I told the bouncer and they did nothing about it. And, like, I even pointed the guy out after the show. And then he was more concerned about my boyfriend wanting to punch him. And it's like, why are you talking to another man about yeah. this problem that's to do with me? Like, my boyfriend doesn't own me. You don't own me. And mm. you don't own this situation. Like, this is mine and you should be helping me Yeah. Um, to sort it out. Um, so I feel like that needs to be addressed as something where venues can look at who they employ to like really sort out these issues when they occur yeah definitely I feel like unfortunately that experience is so common yeah. and you're so right in saying that it's kind of 
like up to venues to make sure that their staff react to that properly because I've had the same experience so many times where you go, you think you're doing the right thing by going to the bouncer, the personal authority, yeah. and then you're kind of just like made to look like it's completely irrelevant and then your experience is then like invalid. Invalid, yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it takes a lot as well to like go up to someone and when you're like distressed and actually tell someone, oh, this happened to me. Yeah. Like, because you almost sometimes feel like, oh, is it my fault? Am I like wearing something that I shouldn't be as a bouncer now looking at me like oh you bought this on yourself and yeah. all of these crazy thoughts come about when really it's like yeah okay. it just shouldn't be a thing it's like a massive issue and like I remember specifically I'm sure you won't mind talking about it earlier but like that was happening like we saw someone getting harassed basically at one of our gigs like while we were playing and um, yeah I don't know maybe you should tell the story of that but it yeah. was just like um, it was ridiculous it was yeah. like ridiculous you know it was like up to us basically to do something yeah. about it which is just well we were just playing a show um, at the Norwich Arts Centre and like I just realised there was this like quite young girl with this older guy just like kept on like shouting in her ear and getting like really close to her and like he was obviously quite drunk and um it just didn't look right and I kept an eye on them and it just kept on going throughout the show and eventually I just had to say like look mate you've got to go and then like yeah that was one time when the bouncers did actually do something but I wonder if they the would problem. have done it if we hadn't like stopped playing the show no. do you know what I mean yeah, <laughs> it's just like stopped <laughs> playing if that person to, like, had told the bouncer or just someone else in the audience yeah. like probably wouldn't have yeah exactly yeah. so yeah um, but on like a yeah, that's like an overt thing that we've we've definitely all experienced and like is um yeah, something that really needs to change. But like sexism um within the industry comes from like I feel like it comes from day one, like when you're starting out playing music. Like definitely for me I was sort of told just stupid things like by people that I knew that like girls can't play guitar or like playing drums is like, oh you shouldn't do that because it's really like not feminine or it's like a masculine thing to do or just like oh you can join my band but like if you play if you sing or like something like that and I, I was met with a lot of that like as a I don't know 11 year old 12 year old like trying to get into music and I just um can see that now it's just it's so stupid it's so ridiculous like playing music is for everyone and uh you know people should do it and not be discouraged and made to feel bad about it and um that goes for like all elements of it, like playing instruments and like producing music and all of that stuff. Because I was so intimidated about doing that. It's like, oh, that's that's hard. I shouldn't do that. And um, it's really sad. And I just would never like want anyone that's like a young person now, like trying to get into music, being put off by like stupid, stupid stuff like that. Mm. Basically. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about it as well. Like, I mean, it's not even specifically with music. I feel like mm. there are there's so many microaggressions that you go through as someone of, like, a marginalised gender who, you know, you, you can get that from, say, a little disapproving look or, like, a little snarl yeah. in the face, you know, like, little things, little things that kind of all add up that when you are in the space of, like, exerting power, it doesn't feel natural and you are going to feel, like, uncomfortable and, like, you shouldn't be here, you shouldn't belong here. And I feel like that's how I felt for quite a long time, mm. like, playing music, and I still feel that now, mm. like... I feel really anxious and of course like yeah there's nerves when you play music and that's very natural but there's also another element of it that I feel isn't quite natural it's not quite inherent like mm. this should be like a joyful thing and it is a lot of the time but also I'm constantly thinking about how I look how what I'm wearing and those things to me as a person and how I live like 
in my room. <laughs> they don't matter. And so why the fuck do they matter when I'm outside of my room? Like, mm. yeah. I don't know, it doesn't... I mean, it adds up and it makes sense to me because I actually know, like, part of who I am is as of, an, like, basically an effect of conditioning, like, yeah. throughout your fucking life. And yeah. you take that with you and it's, it's interesting. Like, yeah, we've definitely experienced, like, you know, people kind of not taking us seriously, like, even from a professional level of, like, where we're at now. Like, I mean, we've only basically gotten to a stage where we are taken seriously. Like, we were signed at a very young age, and that in itself was slightly harmful because we didn't really know what we wanted, but we were just, like, feeling protected by the fact that we were signed to a label. But also, you're not getting that protection when you aren't, you know a man <laughs> like mm. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know just like things from people assuming you know like turning up to a venue and then someone assumes that you're not playing or yeah. like or that oh that like, you don't know how to set up your own equipment or, or that you're like the like, other band's girlfriend or like you know just stupid stuff <laughs> like say. that that happens like yeah. all the time or like or like even even like people that we've employed in the past like them not like we've employed them to work with us but they don't take us seriously like mm. and yeah they don't they maybe they don't do their job well maybe maybe they're like a bit inappropriate or something and like we've experienced this like in a very real way and even like when you go on tour and there's like the in-house um people who like i assume are like mostly men um like cisgender straight men and well, I don't know if they're straight, but they do <laughs> cisgender. Um, they, they ask about, like, my guitar tone. Like, oh, do you know how to work your amp? And it's like, yes, I do. Yes, this is my yeah. job. I've been, been doing, doing this, this for quite a long time. Yeah. Like, sometimes like, oh, do you want me to help you carry that? It's like, no, I got it. Do you know what? I sometimes, though, that carrying thing comes to mind. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm a fucking lazy bitch, please. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Just sometimes like, oh, I'm such handy. a weak. Sometimes <laughs> you just have to lean into it a bit, you know, lean into yeah. the internalised misogyny as well. <laughs> well. We've got to take all that we can get, you know, good treatment. <laughs> we have to play a fucking rock show. Yeah. We can't be harming ourselves, lugging an amp up the stairs. No. <laughs> I feel like what you touched on a little bit there, Lottie, with kind of the subtleties of things, like that's something that I found, you know, kind of coming from like more of a music journalism perspective or even just a kind of being part of the audience is sometimes like when things happen uh they're so subtle and maybe you know it's a good thing that it's more subtle nowadays than it being quite so obvious but in some ways then you you feel like you can't call it out yeah and it doesn't feel like your experience as is as valid and, and someone can make excuses for it as well which oh. i've found all the time it's like oh they didn't mean it like that don't worry it's like i think they did mm. and you still have to take on that experience yeah. but someone else can shake it off just like gaslighting yeah exactly exactly but yeah no also touching on that i feel like Often something I found is coming at a position of always feeling like you have to prove yourself as opposed to it being assumed and, you know, just having to work twice as hard to for someone to be like, oh, you're good. And a lot of bands that I've spoken to, you know, they've been guys, cis guys that have come up to them afterwards and said, oh, I never expected you to play the drums like that. It's like... Why should you have to prove yourself yeah. in those spaces? Like, that spaces? Like, I didn't expect it to be that good. I didn't think I'd enjoy it that much. It's like, but why? 
Why? Or like having to prove that you know three songs on a t- on a t-shirt that you're wearing. Name every yeah. song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so moving forward, the big question: um, How do we begin to kind of change the industry? Obviously, what we're doing right now, hopefully, is a good place to start. But what do you think are the key areas in terms of forcing change? I feel like, I don't know, kind of what we were talking about earlier. And yeah, it's not just, like obviously this is kind of about people from marginalised genders, but there's like so many different kind of groups of people. And I feel like it's quite important for us to all come together and I don't know, not try and... And those, like, oh, my oppression's worse. Yeah, or, yeah. like, try and just um, all, like, come together and fight, like, the yeah, real yeah. the Can real you... devil, kind of... <laughs> <laughs> At the top. Yeah. Um, Stick it to the man. The man! I think, um, yeah, important yeah. to, like, listen and, like, learn from each other as well, yeah, you know? Um, learn so it's, much. Yeah, like you said, it's not a competition. It's, it's about um, everyone being able to, you know, express themselves, enjoy themselves and be safe. Mm. And it's, like, something that we've talked about quite a lot, like, before, even before, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that, we've, it's been on our minds of how, how can we kind of, like, try and, like, make gigs safer like our gigs or open a bigger conversation like there's other bands you know um like Dreamwife. uh we play a lot of shows with them and they've been like thinking about the same thing i know and kind of thinking of ways to like connect with like the local communities when they play gigs and running workshops and starting like whatsapp groups and stuff like that so we've we've been thinking about it a lot in terms of like how to start um start things like that and I guess this for us is like the, the start of that and it would be actually really good to hear like people's ideas as well mm. if, like if they had any suggestions of things that would make them feel more comfortable at gigs because um, mm. yeah, yeah we, we, we've been thinking about it a lot talking about it a lot and it's really important to us that like gigs um, and venues are safe spaces because you know it's, it's not nice to have experienced that and maybe there are some things that can happen going forward like from now um, yeah there's been time to reflect and, you know, just because that's how things were before doesn't mean it was right and, yeah, yeah. we can... I think that, yeah, there's quite a lot to do, like, yeah. also with, like, Porridge Radio, yeah. our friends, like, they'll never play somewhere that isn't, like, disability accessible and I feel like that's a really important thing as well and then, mm. I don't know, like, if everyone did that, then the venues that aren't would have to do something yeah, about it, like, yeah. because no one would be playing there, I don't know. I think it's it's also the same with having like gender neutral toilets. Mm. I think would be in like every venue a really good thing to do because lots of people of marginalised genders, like if you're trans, for example, I know that like like people get um, like harassed. You know, just yeah. trying to do something as simple as going to the toilet, and that that just shouldn't be a thing. Um, yeah, for sure. So stuff like that and also like listening to what other people have to say. Like I think it's worth pointing out that we made a bit of a fuck up when with the wording of this campaign when we first put it out on our Instagram because our wording um, excluded trans men because at first it was like the term non-male was used but then obviously that's exclusionary 
to to trans men so it's it's just a learning process and like we should have pulled that up um but at the same time like i think what needs to be used is like compassion and there's also people who don't have like resources like Instagram or they don't have internet and they don't have books, you know, they can't afford to buy books. There are people like this and we can't shoot them down. We've got to have like a bit of patience with people who don't have the privilege the privilege of like all of these resources at our fingertips and it might take longer to teach these people um about yeah gender equality mm. yeah I think giving people as you said the space to kind of learn and grow is fundamental and I guess like there might be some people here who are kind of aspiring musicians might feel intimidated as someone of a marginalised gender kind of breaking into the industry given how kind of white cis male dominated it is what would you kind of say to them as artists who are kind of within the industry at the moment in terms of their confidence? Mm. Just don't listen to people. <laughs> don't listen. Shut it all out. Just go. Just don't listen. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely bullshit. Like, everyone can play anything they want and, uh, you know, they should, they should do that and uh, just do what makes you happy and mm. don't worry about... Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. Like, there's... I don't know, don't worry about it. It's easier said than done, but like, but like everyone, make the music you want to make and be true to yourself and just yeah, it's, have fun. It's really lame, but it's like there isn't a set of rules to like how to be creative. Mm. If there was, then nothing would be interesting. Like everyone is very different in their practice and you can play an instrument or you can draw in any fucking way you want and you don't need to be told how to do that. It's about what feels comfortable for you and what you want to explore within that and within that field. Um, and so don't, yeah, let anyone tell you that you're doing it wrong because there isn't a right or wrong way. It's, mm. yeah. Yeah. I'd also say that, like, what you touched on earlier, Lottie, about feeling, like, always a little bit uncomfortable because you feel mm. like you shouldn't, be where you are like I feel like that and on in like in my personal life like I've tried to push myself musically and work with other people and that takes like a lot of like I don't want to say bravery because it's not bravery but it basically it makes me feel uncomfortable but sometimes putting yourself in positions where you do feel uncomfortable is a good thing because it allows for growth because yeah. if we all stayed in a in the place where we feel comfortable like I feel so comfortable around you guys and like like sometimes I feel like like I need you with me do you know what I mean like so I feel like when yeah in order it's just about having like a little bit of um like confidence to 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 believe in yourself or just not care like what, what you guys are saying about what other people think and do what you want to do because I feel like everyone knows what they want to do inside them and like a lot of the time well for me a lot of the time I haven't done things from fear of either like oh I'm not going to be good enough at that or oh I'm going to have a panic attack or oh I'm going to you know like not be able to do this thing but if you put yourself in those situations like eventually it becomes those things become a lot easier to deal with like I wouldn't have thought like 
two years ago that I'd be able to sit on a stage and talk to a room full of people because I was having panic attacks every day. So I feel like if you do something that makes you feel uncomfortable, basically, then sometimes it can be good. <laughs> mm. And also just, I think, power is, like, within yourself, but also, like, with the people around you. Mm. Like, I don't know, I feel like collectives are really cool because you can have all different kind of, like, perspectives on a kind of project which is really fun to like work within as well like I feel like we've all been told to be like really individual in our lives and really like on our own which I think we also need to kind of break through a little bit like you know just talk to the people around you and like start playing instruments mm -hmm. together and learn together and it's like a really enjoyable thing because you're coming at it from different angles and it takes the pressure off yourself and I feel like that's quite a natural way of being mm -hmm. but yeah 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 I think there's something that you said there in terms of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone something that's definitely helped me is like having and knowing that you have this community behind you and um, I read actually somewhere Lottie you said I think the strongest thing you can do politically right now is know your neighbours know everyone in your community and I thought that was such a it's kind of simplistic but also such a powerful point to make and something that I found since like starting Vocal Girls and knowing that this this is community behind me, even in situations where I personally might have felt intimidated in spaces, even though people aren't physically in the room. Mm. Just knowing that you're part of a community mm. makes you feel stronger in those situations and makes you feel more confident. So I do think like initiatives like this and what we're doing and what you guys are doing in terms of creating a community where people can feel empowered by knowing that there's other people that think and feel the same as them is super important for moving forward. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you so much thank you. for this chat. It's been so, so lovely. And just before we go, we are about to hear from Head Boy, mm -hmm. who are the band that were picked as part of this initiative to support. So I believe it's their first proper gig. Mm. What was it, obviously you guys were involved in the kind of selection process. What was it about them that stood out for you? I think like, well, Tim and us like really wanted someone to get involved that hadn't played loads of gigs or like that was just sort of starting out as well. Um, and wasn't already part of like a scene like with the windmill like specifically because you know we've obviously been here a lot and it was nice to just completely like have submissions from yeah completely fresh like new artists who are just starting out um so in that sense that was like a very good fit but their songs as well yeah really no. interesting i mean i was just struck by <laughs> the songs i was like this is mad this is so good <laughs> i don't know you'll see it but yeah we were sent this video of theirs um and it's like very rough and raw and the songs sound great, so yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> Drawn to it instantly. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much everyone. We're about to hear some live music. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank hand reaching past the glance. Ripping out all of the contents. Thank you so much for listening to the Vocal Girls podcast as part of Come Back Better with Brixton Windmill and Doc Martins. 
I hope that you enjoyed the conversation and if you do have any kind of suggestions or experiences that you'd like to share please please do get in touch at Vocal Girls Club on Instagram and Twitter um I'd love to hear from you and also any ideas in terms of how we can you know begin to make positive change happen obviously this initiative is a really really exciting start and um, something we're really proud to have been part of so I'm excited for the future of the industry and thank you to the wonderful goat girl for chatting to me on stage about such important topics it was a pleasure to chat to them I have been Megan Gray this has been the vocal girls podcast thank you for listening and I'll see you soon Thank you.